Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the show about science. This is your host Nate. The coronavirus has been making a lot of people nervous. And I don't like when people are nervous. So I wanted to do an episode focused on the facts and the science. So let's jump right into it. My guest today is Tara C. Smith, and she's going to tell us everything we need to know. Welcome to the show, Tara. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm an infectious disease epidemiologist currently at Kent State University in Ohio. So my work studies a bacterium called Staphylococcus aureus that can cause infections called staph infections. And some of them can be really nasty. They can become antibiotic resistant, which means they're really difficult to treat and most of the drugs don't work to kill the bacteria. So the worst of those is called MRSA or MRSA, which stands for the really long methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, which is just basically a, a bacteria that is really tough to kill. So I really want to talk to you about bacteria and antibiotic resistance, but I wanted to have you on the show to talk about something that's on everyone's mind, the coronavirus. And that is absolutely fine. All right, good. So what is the coronavirus? So the coronavirus is a new virus that we have seen come out in the past couple months originally in China, that causes really bad respiratory disease in people. So it's kind of like a a cold or the flu in that it makes you cough and sneeze and have a runny nose, but some people can also get really bad lung infections. So they have a hard time breathing, and in a very small number of people, it can actually lead to their deaths. I see. So I've been hearing a lot of the phrase the coronavirus, but I've also been hearing a lot of the phrase COVID-19. Could you tell me the difference between those two phrases? Absolutely. Great question. So the coronavirus is the germ, the virus that is transmitted between people. And then COVID-19 is the name for the disease that it causes. So that's when you get sick with coughing, sneezing, or that really bad lung infection, then you're said to have COVID-19 disease. So how scared should we be about the coronavirus? Um, I don't ever think it really helps to be scared because I think that makes people tend to panic and not always make good decisions. So I am not particularly scared about it. I am concerned, which means that I'm you know, watching as it goes into new places and shows up in new places. Like I'm in Ohio, we have not had any cases here yet, but I'm watching that very carefully. So I think people, again, don't need to be scared, but I think they need to think about things that they can do to help prevent spread of the virus. So luckily those are pretty easy. If you're coughing, don't cough on other people, cough into your elbow. Um, Try to stay a little bit of a distance away from people when you're in public. So give everybody some space. And wash your hands a lot. So when you touch things, just remember that the coronavirus or other germs could potentially be on them, especially when you're out in public. So wash your hands, or if you can't wash your hands, maybe carry around some hand sanitizer and use that instead. 
and really just try to, you know, not touch your face a lot because that's another way that you can bring the virus into your body is if you would touch something where the virus is and then maybe like rub your eyes or rub your nose, you can basically put that virus right into your nose and give it a chance to infect you. So what makes the coronavirus so dangerous? And like, why is it in the news so often compared to like other diseases that happen all the time? Right. Well, I think because it's new, it's kind of scary. So like we have influenza, which of course we see every year in the fall and winter, which also causes a lot of illnesses, millions of illnesses, tens of thousands of deaths every year in the United States. But chances are that most people have probably either gotten influenza before or they know somebody who has. So they probably aren't as scared of influenza because it's familiar to them. And we also have a vaccine that in some cases can prevent it. But this type of coronavirus is new. We do have other coronaviruses that are already in the population that, again, some people have probably been infected with, but they're really mild. They just cause colds. So people don't really think about those a lot. With this coronavirus, it's new and it is more fatal. So whereas influenza in a typical year will kill only about a tenth of a percent of people who get it, so a very small number, with this coronavirus, we think it kills somewhere between 1% and 2% of people that get it. And for people that are older, like people that are above maybe 65 or so, that group that gets it, it can kill up to 15% of people that get it. So that does sound a little bit scary, but it's not really making me that nervous now. Okay, well, that's good. Kids actually are are some of the people who seem to have really minor disease or almost no infections. So luckily, most kids are going to be okay. But um, some that have other conditions, like if they have an immunocompromising condition or something, you need to be really careful and, and work to protect your hands to protect your friends who may have some of those types of illnesses. All right. So one of the things I've been curious about is where the coronavirus came from. That's one thing we're still trying to figure out. So with the other coronavirus, so with SARS, it came from a bat, but then it went into another animal called a civet cat, which is kind of like a weasel or kind of a ferret type of animal. And sometimes people eat these animals or use them for their fur. So they're in contact with these animals and their viruses that they carry. So we think that's what happened with SARS. With the current coronavirus, we're not sure. It seems to be also closely related to other coronaviruses in bats. So it could have come directly from a bat to a person, or it could have had one of those, what we call intermediate species. So a bat had it and then infected another animal and then that animal infected humans. So that's one of the things we're trying to find out. And to do that, we have people that are called virus hunters. So they go out and they capture bats and they take samples from them, mostly samples of of their poop, but also sometimes of their snot and stuff from their nose. (laughs) It's a really fun job. Sounds like it. Right. Wouldn't you like to work with bat poop? 
Um, so they take those back to the lab and then see what type of viruses they have in them. And so people who have done that have found that bats carry lots of coronaviruses. So, you know, we're worried about the current coronavirus that obviously is infecting people around the globe right now. But there are other coronaviruses that are like these that still exist in bats. So we could have another coronavirus outbreak in five years or 10 years or 20 years from another bat. So people are trying to understand how those viruses spread from bats to people and more importantly, what we can do to stop that and what we can do to be prepared for some of these viruses to move from bats to people. So that maybe have some vaccines or other types of things ready to go just in case. Well, let's just say that now I want to be a virus hunter. That's awesome. My, one of my former students um, is a virus hunter. And there's actually oh. a movie out on Netflix called Pandemic that talks all about virus hunters and all about what they do. And it shows them going into some of these caves to to capture bats and sample them. So there's lots of stuff out there on virus hunters and how to become one. All right. So let's move on to a totally, totally different topic that has absolutely nothing to do with the coronavirus whatsoever. Nothing. Okay. So you also do a lot of research on zombies. I do. Could you tell me about that? Yeah, sure. So I like zombie movies. I like zombie books. I love reading and watching about zombies. And I also give a lot of talks to people about infectious diseases. And sometimes people don't always want to hear about influenza or coronavirus or Ebola or whatever virus it is, but they'd like to hear about zombie viruses. And so, um, so I use zombies and how they transmit infectious diseases as a way to talk about how to be prepared for things like pandemics that we're experiencing right now and, and how to figure out how some of these viruses spread in populations. So when we're looking at viruses or, or other things that we don't know anything about, we try to figure out, okay, so if this virus spreads on an average to two other people, each person who's infected makes two other people sick, what is the best way to stop that? And if it's airborne or if it's like, a, you know, a zombie usually bites somebody, right? Those are different, what we call methods of transmission. So ways that the virus can spread through the air, through bites, through water, through touching, things like that. So I like to use zombies as a way to talk about infectious diseases in general. And I hope uh, make them a little bit more interesting to audiences who really aren't there for infectious diseases, but they like to talk about zombies. And so why zombies? Well, everybody likes to talk about zombies, right? So everyone, you know, has thought about if they're trapped in a zombie apocalypse, what are they going to do to get out of it? You know, um, where are they going to go for food or for water? What are you going to do if it's just you and a friend and you have a mob of zombies coming at you? How are you going to protect yourself? Um, so those are things that people can think about. And right now, you know, one of the things we're suggesting to people is to be prepared for something like this. So to go out and, you know, you don't have to stock up for a zombie apocalypse, but, you know, maybe have a little bit of extra food and, and supplies on hand in case 
it comes to a point where you can't really go outside the house very much. Um, you know, you want to try to avoid sick people or something like that. So they're not completely unrelated. You know, in a zombie apocalypse, you also want to be prepared and have supplies and have a plan um, and things like that. So we use them to talk to people about those types of things, but in a much more fun way. So should we be scared of this zombie apocalypse, but not the coronavirus? <laughs> uh, zombie apocalypse is much more scary to me, but um, much less realistic. I'm, I'm not anticipating a zombie apocalypse anytime soon. <sighs> That's a good thing. Um, so Tara, if people want to learn more about your work, how could they do that? Sure. So I have a website. It's www.tarasmith.com, which has most of my stuff on it. I also am on Facebook at Tara C. Smith PhD and on Twitter with the handle at Aetiology, A-E-T-I-O-L-O-G-Y. So those are my main sites. All right. Thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. And our theme music was composed by Jeff, Dan, and Teresa Brooks. Additional music on this episode was written by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. All right, Dad, you can shut the recording off.